Welcome to Value-Based Care Insights, brought to you by Illumina Health Partners, a national healthcare consulting firm focused on improving the strategic, financial, and operational performance of provider organizations. On this program, we will explore trends and share valuable insights on how health systems and medical groups can optimize their performance to meet the demands of this increasingly complex healthcare environment and shift to transform the delivery of care. Value-Based Care Insights is hosted by Daniel Marino, Managing Partner of Lumina Health Partners. Daniel has been in the industry for over three decades and specializes in shaping strategic initiatives for organizations in areas such as population health, clinical integration, physician alignment, information technology, and data analytics. For additional insights, visit luminahp.com and sign up for our newsletter. Dan, over to you. Welcome to Value-Based Care Insights. I'm your host, Daniel Marino. Ever since the pandemic, many hospitals have been challenged with nursing support on multiple levels. And not only has it impacted patient care dramatically in some cases, but it certainly has impacted the financial positioning of of many of our hospitals and and physician medical groups to the point where many hospitals can't even afford to continue to provide the clinical services that they want to perform because it's either not cost effective for them to do so, or they can't get the personnel to deliver the right level of care. Here to talk about it today, I am pleased to have a colleague of mine, Nancy Lakier. Nancy is a nurse and a former administrator. She's held numerous senior level leadership roles at at many prestigious healthcare organizations across the country. Uh, She is owner and founder of Novia Placement Solutions and helps many organizations improve their nursing structure and, and provides a lot of support to hospitals and health systems. Pleased to have Nancy with us today. Nancy, welcome to the program. Thank you, Dan. It's nice to be here. So Nancy, maybe we could start with talking a little bit about what you're seeing culture challenges or changes that have occurred over time. Well, I think, as you said, you know, we've we've been here for quite a few years and, you know, we've had nursing shortages in the past. I think that, you know, there are some some things that are better this time and some things that are maybe not better this time. The things that are better is that, you know, we do have um, more um, diversity in our workforce today. We have um, more racially and gender diverse nursing workforce. We have far more systems to support our nursing practice, which allows us, I think, to practice more effectively. Um, We also have many more advanced degrees across nursing. And I think that supports the practice of nursing more effectively than maybe it has in the past. And I think that, you know, those are all things that are, are very positive, as well as the fact that we remain at the top of the public trust in, in, we see that not only in the Gallup poll in 21, but also in 19, it was, we were, nurses were at the top of the Commonwealth Fund um, and Harvard. And so, oh, sure. 
those are very, very positives for the nursing profession. Well, and I think those are important points because, you know, for many patients, myself included, you end up having a, almost a stronger relationship with your nurse than you do with your physician, right? Especially if there's a lot of follow-up that you have. So yeah, I think to your point, you know, that relationship is critical. It is. And I think, you know, sometimes we're moving so fast that we forget to think about the, the very positive role and influence we play on a patient's life every day. And, you know, at the beginning of COVID, there were a lot of people applauding the, the healthcare worker. And, you know, we need to remember that positive impact that we play every day on a patient's life. So have you seen, how, how have you seen that sort of erode since the pandemic? I think that, you know, I think everybody has gotten busier. We have, you know, the hospitals have, have become a little bit more isolated. People, the general public has gotten more frustrated. Um, it, it, it is sad to see that unfortunately I think the general public has taken maybe some of their frustration out on the, the nurses, physicians, lab. It's not just nurses, but everybody in the healthcare right. field. But you know, nurses tend to be more at that front line, or certainly their exposure rate is higher than some of the other uh, caregivers. In your opinion though, what role, how has leadership responded in, in some of these hospitals, whether it's nursing leadership or, you know, C-suite leadership, do you think they've responded appropriately or is there things that leadership should be doing differently? Well, clearly I think it depends upon the organization. I mean, I think many leaders are trying hard to respond. Um, I think that, you know, their pressures have gone up. They are, they have been spending enormous amounts of, and so let's also look at the reality. Their revenues have gone down. Mm -hmm. Their financial pressures have increased. They, their expenses have gone way up. They're paying far more for the supplies. They're paying far more for the resources that they're spending. We all know that travel nurses, I mean, we're talking about nurses, travel nursing costs, um, nursing, staff nursing costs have risen. Travel nursing costs rose enormously, which meant that not only travel nursing costs went up, but also staff nursing costs went up because oh, absolutely. you can't right. bring travel nurses in without raising staff nurses' costs. We have many leaders that we hear from that travel, that staff nurses and travel nurses are making more than the leaders are making. And they're working far more than 40 hours a week or 36 hours for 12 hour nurses. And so it's very frustrating to them. So I think, you know, while many leaders are trying to address these extremely complex situations, plus the fact that they have extraordinarily full hospitals. I mean, let's talk about right now, they've got the triple situation of yeah. COVID and flu and RSV. And, you know, so they have full hospitals, you know, it, plus the trying to vaccinate people plus they're trying to deal with all these these other issues you know it it's it isn't easy being a leader today um and well, that is that is to address it? yes but are you know i'm sure there are some organizations addressing it far better than others um but i i just think it also is a very very complex situation but you know i i Oftentimes, when I think about organizations and 
we do a lot of strategy work, as you know, and we help organizations advance their strategic initiatives, focusing on um, development of, say, service lines or development of um, certain business units and that sort of thing. And a big component of that always comes down to leadership development. And I often hear um, that, you know, it's important for the administrators to, to be on a track, to continue to grow and to continue to develop. Of course, there's a lot of reference right now to development of physician leaders because they're leading a lot of these service lines. I don't hear a lot around development of nursing leadership. And I just, I, I sort of wonder, do you think our nursing leaders of today are as equipped as they, as they could potentially be to manage some of the challenges of today and even to think about how to overcome some of these challenges that undoubtedly we're gonna to see tomorrow. Dan, that is such an excellent point. You know, I, I think that we have eroded that leadership perspective. Yeah. And I think that is a huge gap. I, I believe that strong leadership in nursing is the cornerstone to retain nurses. Oh, I, I couldn't, couldn't agree with you more. And, and, and not only to retain nurses, but I think to really think about how to advance some of the, the nursing services in, in you know, even, even the, the overall support in the industry, you know, so for instance, let's, let's talk about, you know, the burnout factor. Um, I, I think nurses, you know, and I've got a few friends of mine that went through COVID and uh, really supported patients and, and, and these are very tough individuals. And I'll tell you what they went through in COVID really broke them down. And you can't, I mean, you can see that as really a contributor of, of, of clinical burnout, bringing together leadership to address that clinical burnout in a way where you're able to create some type of wellness or activities or something that enhances the overall well-being of nurses at the same time trying to retain our good nurses. To me, that's a leadership role, right? That's that's a direction that that leadership needs to take in order to really advance the profession. Absolutely. My con my biggest concern is reducing leadership, not filling positions that are, I mean, first of all, not providing the training, the coaching and the mentoring, not filling open positions due to the tight financial situations, not replacing those mm -hmm. open positions with interims or to ensure that it, because that's how you're going to ensure that nurses are supported during the time that that position is open. Wow, they, that's a good point. They need that leader. Yeah. They need to know that somebody is there supporting them. So to me, the biggest challenge is the lack of funding to support strong nursing leadership. And it's the front line that really keeps that, re that retains the staff nurse, but it's the mid-level that retains the, the nurse manager. And it's the senior level nurse that ensures that the education, the support and the nursing processes and, and infrastructure is there for all 
of nursing. So all three levels are so critical. And so I think that really replacing those experienced individuals are so critical for, a, you know, so that you have the individuals across the organization who have the leadership and the support and the coaching and mentoring that's going to help ensure that you've got the infrastructure necessary for your staff. If you're just joining us, I'm Daniel Marino. You're listening to Value-Based Care Insights. I'm here today talking with Nancy Lakier, owner, founder, and CEO of Novia Placement Solutions. We're talking about the challenges within the nursing industry and uh, having a great conversation around the support around nursing and nursing leadership. So one question that I have as you're kind of talking through some of these challenges with leadership, do you see a lot of organizations if a nursing leader resigns, say a nursing director of a particular unit? Are they filling those roles? Are they keeping them vacant? Are they trying to, is that, is that a cost-cutting measure? Or are they filling it maybe with a staff nurse to give them an opportunity maybe to grow into the role or maybe to do more with less? What, what are you seeing? I think in the past, they would fill that role um, in, in, with an interim. Um, if they had somebody inside, they'd use an inside person if they had, or they'd go outside for an interim placement. Today, I think what they're trying to do is find somebody who could fill it from the inside or just asking, for instance, for a manager, asking the charge nurses to just fill in for a period of right. time, asking other directors to just cover another unit, asking other C-suite members if they could just cover that area or having directors cover the CNO role, you know, until they could, you know, and share that role until they could find another CNO. So, no, I don't think they're replacing that position, you know, a small percentage of the time compared to what they used to. And it is definitely a cost saving method because. Yeah, but when you think about then the additional pressures, I mean, that's just contributing to the overall clinical burnout factor. Right. Because you're piling more on these staff nurses who are probably already look, working long hours, may not be really equipped to do the job. Um, and it's sort of just, you know, the way I see it, exacerbating the problem. And according to an article at the University of Michigan, having effective leadership correlates with better patient outcomes. And studies have found that exceptional nursing leaders have that positive impact on patient mortality. So you're affecting patient care. You're affecting nurse retention. And so the cost of that vacancy is probably far greater than the cost of filling that person with either taking somebody else out of staffing elsewhere and filling it internally or hiring externally, because there is a high cost to yeah. leaving that vacant. Yeah. Well, a lot of times, you know, Folks may not necessarily see that. Those are sort of the intrinsic costs, right? But exactly. <laughs> big costs, big costs nonetheless. Um, so I want to talk a little bit about, say, um, you know, wellness within the nursing profession. I had an opportunity not too long ago to work with an organization on, and we've created what we've called a, a workforce wellness program, where we've taken into consideration different activities and initiatives um, to improve the overall wellness of the entire workforce, physicians, nurses, you know, uh, non-clinical staff and, and, and support. And, 
it's really gained a lot of momentum. And, and from what we've been able to tell, it's been great towards trying to improve the culture of the organization. But one of the areas that we found was the biggest challenged area was in the clinical setting and really was nurses. So that's, I'm sure, no surprise to you. What do you see are some of the key things that are important as organizations want to address nursing wellness or put in place some type of initiative to improve the overall wellness, well-being of their nursing staff? I think one of the things is asking the nurses, what do they need? Um, I think that, you know, sometimes we don't listen carefully to what they're, what they feel that they need. I think the other thing is, is that sometimes it's a matter of time off, but sometimes it's a matter of the, the patient workload and just even listening to how they balance the patient load on the unit. You know, we, we tend to um, not pay attention to how we're, we're making patient assignments. And so we might make patient assignments by room. And there might be heavy patient assignments in this in the three to four rooms that are close together. Sometimes if we're just creative and looking at how we make patient assignments and shift those around, we might be able to better balance the workload on a shift for each of the nurses by being careful. And if we can train our nurse charge nurses on how to make patient assignments on a daily basis, that might help. So we have to really listen. What is causing them stress on a daily basis? What is it that's going to help their work-life balance? What's going to help their, their work, their daily work routine? But also, what is it that's going to help them when they're off as well? How much does performance improvement or operational effectiveness of certain units come into play. So I, I'm, I'm thinking like of the OR, we've done quite a bit of work of, of uh, perioperative improvements, surgical services improvements, where we've looked at overall efficiencies and patient throughput of the OR. How much does that come into play in improving nursing wellness and well-being? when you're thinking about it, or, or is that just more work that we're just piling on to the nursing staff? I think it's huge. I think there's two things there, Dan. First, let the nurse work to the top of their license. Take away the things that you really don't need that RN to do. But second, to, their, to your point, how much work is a nurse doing that is repetitive because someone isn't doing their job. When we do observation on a unit, I cannot tell you how many times a nurse is calling the pharmacy again, how many times they're looking for a supply that's not on the cart, how many times they're going down a hallway to pick up linen because it wasn't where they, it should have been. You know, there's just so many additional steps and calls and efforts that if things were running smoothly, they wouldn't have to do. That is a huge frustrator to nursing. And then we add the computer system on top of it. And so you add those, those frustrating elements on top of an already complex work component for them. And that really is what tips them over the edge. 
And so I think that you've hit on something that if you can smooth their operations and make sure they're working at the top of their license and that you're eliminating unnecessary work, what is it that they do not need to be doing today because your operations are running smoothly or somebody else is doing that work that you don't need the nurse to do, that is critical. Oh, I'm happy to hear you say you're uh, you, certainly music to my ears. When we look at organizations and, and we, you know, focus on on some of the operational opportunities or, or efficiencies that are there, um, eliminating some of those unnecessary tasks or let's say reallocating those to other individuals. When we're able to do that, I'll tell you the responses that we get from those that are impacted, particularly nursing. Um, because again, I mean, they see it, right? You know, it's like, oh my gosh, you know, this is the holy grail. And oftentimes what I find is those are like easy solutions. It's some low hanging fruit, but to your point, you really do have to listen to the nursing personnel and you have to give them the resources to make the changes. And it's a simple question. Ask them to log, what did you do today that you didn't need to do? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And just collect that for a week from a nursing unit. And you would be surprised probably at how much work they did that they really did not need yeah. to do and how much yeah. time they spent doing it. Now they'll grouse about having to keep one more log, but then you have to do something with it because don't ask if you're not going to do something. Well, and that's a responsibility of leadership, right? So hospital it, leadership, if you're going to ask, you have to be able to, you have to respond to it. Well, Nancy... This has been this has been great, and I know many of our listeners, many of our hospital leaders across the country, are struggling with this. Um, if you were giving, if you were to give any advice to our listeners or suggestions in terms of how they could respond to their nursing challenges, any thoughts come to mind? Yes, I have a couple. First, hire excellent nursing leaders. And if, you, and if you need outside help, find it and hire it. Because while people oftentimes think it's expensive, it's worth it. Because getting that excellent person is worth their weight in gold. Second, do provide education for your nursing leaders at all levels. And, you know, it is something that we have not done for way too long, and we need to, to really start putting in solid nursing leadership programs, both the education as well as ongoing monitoring and coaching. And that's not just in clinical quality of care, but it's finance, it's HR, it's communication, you know, all across the board. What are those components that are needed? If a position is vacant, Put an internal or an external interim in the position. Don't leave it vacant. Get somebody in there so that you can ensure that your staff is supported and that, you know, that there is somebody there holding on and making sure that your patients are taken care of, your productivity is maintained, but most of all, that your staff is supported. It's going to save you money in the long term. And finally, if you want quality of care and you want to retain your staff, spend money on nursing leadership and have finance and senior leadership truly listen. I don't know that we have taught nursing leaders 
how to articulate correctly what they need always to senior leadership. Sometimes the language they use isn't in finance or it's not in CFO, CEO speak. Right. But please listen because they're articulating what they need. So please listen and try to understand what they're asking for. Yeah. I, I, I think you're spot on. I think, you know, the three things, listening, supporting your nursing staff, and investing in nurses. Those are, in my mind, the three key things that are going to be critical towards really, you know, advancing the support of all of our nursing, of our nursing personnel, and, and hopefully even advancing a lot of the activities and, and the care delivery models that we're seeing within our hospitals and our medical groups. Well, Nancy, this has been great. I can't thank you enough for for coming on and talking about this, just a, um, a wealth of great information. If any of our listeners want to, um, I don't know, reach out to you or if they have any questions, how would they get a hold of you? Please feel free to email me at nlakeure, that's N as in Nancy, L-A-K-I-E-R, at Novia Solutions, N-O-V-I-A Solutions.com. Or my cell phone number is 858-243-1918. You can give me a call. Um, and our website is Novia Salute. We're on the internet, so you can go to our website as well and find us there. So Great. Um, we'd love to hear from you. Nancy, thanks again for, for joining us today. Wonderful conversation. Look forward to talking with you again sometime. Thank you very much, Dan. It was a pleasure. And for all of our listeners, I want to thank you for listening today. Until the next insight, I am Daniel Marino, bringing you 30 minutes of value to your day. Take care. Do you need to chart a future strategy or improve your organization's performance? Visit us at LuminaHP.com to learn more about our professional advisory services and leadership development programs. Also, you can sign up for our newsletter on our website and follow us on Twitter and LinkedIn. To connect with Daniel Marino or for more information about the show, visit our website or healthcarenowradio.com. Join this conversation using our hashtag BBC Insights. We are Lumina Health Partners. Thank you for joining us today. Until the next value-based care insight, stay well.